Good morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth, may the thoughts and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, in the fall of 1999, NBC introduced a new show to its Saturday night lineup, a show they affectionately called Freaks and Geeks. And the show follows uh, two siblings, older sister Lindsay and younger brother Sam, through the social complexities of high school. And I just love how the opening scene to this show captures the various cliques and groups on an average day after school at William McKinley High. See, the scene opens on the football field. The team's practicing off in the distance as their coach yells, Come on, ladies, I want to see some hustle. Uh, but the camera is always moving throughout this scene, and so rather quickly you find yourself up in the bleachers. The star quarterback is having an intimate conversation with his cheerleader girlfriend. He seems so distant, she says. Did I do something wrong? And he responds, Ashley, I just love you so much that it scares me. Now the two of them embrace, and then the camera pans down beneath the bleachers where you discover yet another group of kids, the freaks on this show. And they're hanging out with their cool and charismatic leader. He's got slick back hair and wears a brown leather jacket, even brags about the way that he is rebellious away from school. But you're not with them long either because the camera makes one final move. This time to an alley back behind the school where you meet the two main characters. See, the school bullies picked a fight with younger brother Sam. And it's little wonder why, because he's hanging out with the geeks on this show. Another group of dorky freshman boys wearing sweater vests and big, thick glasses. And when you arrive on the scene, Sam is pinned up against the wall, about to receive his first blow. When out of nowhere, older sister Lindsay comes to the rescue. And you see, it's a good thing she does because Sam doesn't stand a chance against this guy. I mean, he's nearly twice his size, but as the scene goes on, you discover there is something far, far worse than getting punched in the face, and that's being saved by your sister. <laughs> and that's why, uh, even though she rescues him, the scene ends with... Sam storming off and Lindsay muttering under her breath, man, I hate high school. Now, if you're anything like me, uh, the opening scene to this show probably has a thing or two in it uh, that you can relate with. And that's probably because uh, we all know what it's like to feel the impact of status and reputation. I mean, it's something that influences us at work and school when we're hanging out with family and friends. And, and it's the kind of thing that makes you worry and wonder. And in today's reading, we find Jesus in a situation not so different from this, in a world that's governed by status and reputation. In the midst of it all, his message is that in my kingdom, there's just one status. The status I give to each and every one of you. Because when you're with me, there's a place for you in God's home. And that uh, brings us to today's reading. See, Jesus is still on his way down to Jerusalem in this latter part of Luke's gospel. And, and on his way, he's invited to the home of a prominent Pharisee. 
And this isn't just your average get-together or a dinner shared by several close friends. Instead, it's this big, important party. And I bet we uh, all know the sorts of things that are involved in a, an event like this, the preparations that you tend to make, you know, a carefully crafted guest list, a beautiful handmade invitations, and then food that goes beyond imagination. And when Jesus arrives on the scene, he can see the fruit of all this effort. I mean, it's visible in, in the people who show up. And so you can kind of picture that there's the local magistrate who carves out time in his busy schedule, the prominent business owner who holds much sway in this little town, and then the countless other people who in one way or another influence the world in which they live. And and they're all invited because they've got status and reputation. Now we arrive on the scene and we follow these people inside and they begin to sit down around the table. And it's at this point in the story that Jesus notices something subtle. You see, the people arrange themselves according to rank and privilege. And you can kind of picture uh, there's the local magistrates down at the head of the table, uh, then his prominent business owner, and then the countless others who follow him. And, and I like to imagine what happens next through the eyes of a waitress, or maybe a servant. So the last person takes their seat, and then Jesus stands up. And it's at this point in the story that he shares with the whole crowd what we'd consider common wisdom. He says, uh, when someone invites you over for dinner, don't take your place at the head of the table. Don't sit in the seat of honor. Instead, take your place at the very bottom. That way, when the, when the host comes around, he's going to have just one option, the option to say to you, friend, move up higher. And, you know, if you're a waitress or a servant at this party, you you look around and you notice that everyone's nodding their head in agreement. And that's because Jesus is sharing what many would consider common wisdom. It's uh, the kind of thing we heard in our reading from Proverbs today. But we also know that Jesus always has this way of, of taking things one step further. Today's reading is no exception. See, as soon as he finishes speaking to the whole crowd, he he turns his attention to the host of this party, that prominent Pharisee. And he says, oh, by the way, when you invite people over for dinner, don't invite the kind of people that can pay you back. Invite the kind of people who've got nothing to offer. And all of a sudden, the heads in this room stop nodding. And it's not just because Jesus has embarrassed everyone. It's, it's because he's bucking tradition. You see, that's what social gatherings are for. They're this opportunity to improve your status and reputation, this opportunity to move up higher. And so one guy thinks, why on earth would you waste a chance like this by inviting people who've got nothing to offer? And that's why I like to imagine this scene through the eyes of a waitress maybe a servant, because they weren't invited. And so if you're one of them, Jesus' words have this power, this importance in your life, because you can hear him saying, in my kingdom, we don't play favorites, because everyone, even you, has the exact same status. Now, a little over a week ago, I discovered an article in last fall's Bethesda magazine. It's written by uh, the senior editor, and it discusses the pressure that many teens feel when it comes to college. And uh, the article's author had me hooked when she began to discuss her own two daughters. 
See, she writes, I'm always astonished when they're discussing grades, test scores, and GPAs. See, my oldest daughter is, uh, she attended a middle school that had a magnet program before she moved on to Blair High School. Long before she even got there, got to high school, she and her friends had spent all this time talking about what will look best for college. You know, as the article goes on, you discover that it's not just about looking good for college because the pressure it has has this other kind of impact. As many of these teens worry and wonder, what will other people think of me? And so the article's author uh, writes about how one boy she interviewed said, that's why I took statistics, because I didn't want to look like an idiot. You know, I'd imagine that uh, in one way or another, we've all thought or said something like this before. It's the kind of thing that happens at work, school, at home, family, or friends. And the kind of things that make you worry and wonder about where you fit in promise that Jesus makes in today's reading is that in my kingdom, we don't play favorites, because everyone, even you, has the exact same status. And you know, it's at this point in the story that uh, Jesus turns his head to us, only now we're the hosts of the party. And he says, now you get to live like this is a reality. I mean, you get to show people what it's like in my kingdom. That's why he says, uh, invite people who've got nothing to offer, because it's not about being a nice person or having good manners. It's about showing people their God and Creator. I mean, your lives and and your faith, they, they have this profound ability, this ability to show others that all are welcome, because our God really doesn't play favorites. I mean, everyone really does have the exact same status in his kingdom. And so it's on a day like today that Jesus looks at us, you and me, and says, how are you going to invite those who've got nothing to offer? I mean, what does it look like in your life? How will you give them a taste of my kingdom? Because, you know, that's what happens when we set aside status and reputation. And and it doesn't mean that everybody's got to get a medal or earn a trophy but it, it might just mean that our lives look a little different. You might find yourself sitting next to someone you least expected or, or lending a helping hand even when it's inconvenient. And as you do, you're going to be showing people the way that Jesus looks at them, that all he sees is a dearly loved child. Oh, a little over three years ago, I'd like to imagine that Pope Francis found himself doing just that. See, I I may be a Lutheran, and and he might be a Catholic, but there's a lot that I can appreciate about the the way in which this man lives out his faith. And so shortly after uh, entering office, he extended this unusual invitation. He invited about 200 people over to dine at the Vatican, but they weren't the kind of people that you'd usually expect, because each and every one of them is homeless. And so on July 1st, uh, 2013, the, the Vatican had them over for dinner. And when they arrived, they received this greeting. We welcome you. And as we hope you know, this place is also your home. And it pleases us that you are here. 
And I like to think uh, that with those words, the people who attended heard the message that, that our God really doesn't play favorites. Because everyone in his kingdom has the exact same status. And, and that's the message that God uses all of you to share in the world around you. And it's such a privilege to be your pastor because I get to see that happening each and every day. As all of you share the message that in God's kingdom, there really is just one status. The status he gives to each and every one of us. The status that says no matter who you are or where you're from, it's a place for you in God's home. Amen. And may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.